Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, to grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let me read you a story. Listen. As we begin, I ran across this story of a brand new lawyer who had a brand new office and it was on his first day of practice. And while in his brand new lawyer in his brand new office, he sees this prospective client coming up the walkway and he decides he should look busy. And so he picks up the phone and he starts talking. He says, look, Harry. About that amalgamation deal, uh, I think I better run down to the factory and handle it myself. Yes, um, no, 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 I, I think I better go myself. You know, I don't think three million's gonna swing it. We better have Rogers from Seattle meet us there. Okay, okay, call you back later. And he hung up the phone. He looks up at the visitor and he says, good morning, how can I help you? And the prospective client says, you can't help me at all. I'm just here to hook up your phone. (laughs) Get it? No phone hookup. Hypocrite. I think that's what Jesus is talking about here in chapter 6. Don't be a spiritual hypocrite. Don't be a phony. Don't be acting. You remember last week we began our study, we were talking about this word hypocrite. And we talked about the word hypocrite means to be two-faced. It means to be a mask wearer. This word hypocrite came from the Greek theater. In the Greek theater, as they would act, they had these two faces. And depending on the emotion that they wanted to display to the audience, they would put up the appropriate face. So if they wanted to display a happy emotion, they would put up that face. And something that was sad, they put up another face as they would act on the Greek stage. So thus we have the word hypocrite. That's where it comes from. And Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a mask wearer. Don't be someone who is two-faced. Now, remember, a couple of weeks ago, we began the theme of chapter six. Remember, is don't be a hypocrite, particularly in the areas of giving. We find that in verse two. When you give, don't be like the hypocrites. And then in verse five, we began last week talking about in prayer. Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. And then in in chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus goes on to talk about when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. Look at chapter 6, beginning in verse 16 with me, saints. If you're there, say amen. amen. Moreover, Jesus says, when you fast, 
Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. Why? That they may appear to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, in verse 17, Jesus says, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who is in the secret place will reward you openly. Now, Jesus is talking about God. Stop right there and give me your attention. Jesus is talking about this area of fasting. If you are interested In an in-depth study on fasting, you might want to pick up my teaching in Isaiah chapter 58. We don't have time to talk about it this morning, but Isaiah chapter 58, I've done an in-depth teaching on this whole topic of fasting, why you fast and what is the benefits of fasting. And so if you're interested in that, pick up a CD or a tape copy of uh, Isaiah 58. But here Jesus is saying, notice he says, when you fast, basically Jesus is saying, when you fast, be normal. Don't be a hypocrite when you fast. Now remember the Pharisees, the ones who blew their trumpet when they gave gifts and they couldn't wait to get the church to pray. The Pharisees, well, they fasted twice a week. Tuesdays and Thursday. Now, mind you, the Pharisees were, the Jewish people were only required to fast once a year. But they fasted twice a week. Why? Because they wanted to lose weight? No. They fasted twice a week when they were only required to fast once a year because when they fasted, people would look at them and say, Oh my goodness, look at how spiritual you are. You fast twice a week when you're only required to fast once a year? Oh, you guys are so spiritual. And the Pharisees, when they fasted, they wouldn't wash their face. They wouldn't brush their teeth, which is disgusting. Okay, look, 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 do us all a favor, all right? Brush your teeth. All right, there, I said it. There you go. And they wouldn't brush their teeth. They wouldn't wash their face. They wouldn't comb their hair. And Jesus says, listen, you hypocrite. Because you're fasting that you might receive the applause of men. You're fasting so that you can look holy. They would suck in their cheeks and have this holy look on their face and walk around and act like they are ready to die. And say, oh, forgive me, would you please? Forgive me for looking so sick. I'm fasting. And people, oh, you're so spiritual. You see, Jesus says, no, 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 no. That's not the way you fast. If you're going to fast, fasting is fine. Get the CD. I didn't have time to talk about it. But if you're going to fast, clean yourself up. Don't walk around looking spiritual so people can go, oh, you you know, look, look, look happy. It'd be a big distraction. You know, look, look like you, you have joy. Although you're fasting, don't look sad. Look like you've been sucking on lemons like the Pharisees. Think, mm, we're fasting. You know, you don't need to do that. Why is it? You know, I was asking them first and second service. I'll ask you guys third. 
why is it that Christians are so weird? What somebody tell me? Not now, but think about it. Ponder on it. Chew on it. Why is it that Christians are so weird? I mean, we put up, you know, some holy hairdo and some sanctimonious, pious face when we're fasting. Jesus says, look, be normal. You can be happy and be a Christian. I remember for a long time, I used to think there was just no way to be happy and be a Christian. I mean, Christians were not joyous, especially when I was coming up. 120 North Millick Street. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm living at 119 North Miller Street, right across the street. I'll never forget coming up. I must have been six, seven years old, whatever. And these people used to have a, a church service in their house. Remember, these are row homes. If you're from Philly, you know what I'm saying. We're like right on top. The, across the street is the distance between the pulpit here and the pulpit here. This is the street, okay? So they'd have a church service directly across the street. I will never forget this. They would, they, everybody that came to church service at this house, they wore black and white. Ladies had on black skirt, white top, guys had on suits and stuff. And, and, and I remember hearing them and it was, it was, it was chaos. I mean, it was, it was, Ultra, ultra Pentecostal. You could hear him speaking in tongues four blocks over. It was unbelievable. But it would, I never got used to the fact they would come after having this great time. And it was loud, y'all. I'm talking about loud, okay? And, and, and having this great time, they would come out of the house and they just looked so holy. They never spoke to anybody. They looked so mean. Christians look mean. Some, you know, well, nobody don't talk to me. That's because you look mean. That's not any of you guys. I'm just saying, you know, just generally, okay? And these people look so mean and so sanctimonious and so holy. And, you, you know, and, and this look on your face. Listen, as Christians, I believe it is important to have the joy of the Lord. Amen, saints? That's important. Why is that important? Because when people look at your life and you go through trials and suffering and circumstances just like everybody else, it's because you're a Christian doesn't exempt you from life's problems. When you have life's problems, trials and circumstances and situations and suffering and pain and, and death and financial difficulties, and you are joyous in the Lord, and you maintain that joy of the Lord, which is your strength, by the way. You maintain that joy of the Lord. You know what happens? Non-believers see that and they go, hmm, why are you so joyous? And your, your life's like, man, you know, do you know your life's the pits right now? But why are you so joyous? How is it that you're able to maintain your sanity? How is it that you can have a smile on your face? And, and, and you go to church and you're happy. How? And then you get to tell them, it's Jesus in me. How my suffering hurts just like yours. My trials are painful just like yours. But it is Jesus who will sustain us through the trial and through the suffering and through the circumstance. That's why we have joy. And that's why joy is important to display before the world as you're going through your suffering and your trial. As you're fasting, joy is very important. I believe in it. Joy has kept me going a long time, y'all. 
I've been walking with Jesus a long time now, and joy has kept me going. If you've been a Christian for more than a week, you know that's true. Amen, saints. You got to say, hey, I encourage myself in the Lord, and God is good, and God is faithful, and the joy of the Lord becomes my strength because of what God does. And that's why when we come to church, we have joy here in church. Believe it or not, you can come to church and, and be happy. Some people, in church, it ain't the place to be happy. Wipe that smile off your face, you're in church. Well, wait, church is a place you need to be happy. Uh, people come here, they don't understand me. I know they're like, that pastor, he's like always smiling. What's up with him? You know, we don't understand that pastors aren't supposed to be happy. They're supposed to preach hell, fire, and damnation. No. No, I need to be happy. It's important to be joyous in the Lord. It's important that when you're fasting, you don't have to look holy or look like, you know, anything. Jesus says, listen, when you're fasting, wash your face, comb your hair, brush your tooth. (laughs) Amen. All right now. And you don't need to look holy. Don't let people know. And your father who sees in secret will what, saints? Reward you openly. Now, last week, if you were here with us, you know we talked about um, the fact that we're going to come together this week and we're going to look at in depth what is commonly known as the model or the Lord's Prayer. Commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 9. Saints, if you're there, again say amen. In this manner, Jesus is sitting on the hillside in the area of the Galilee. The disciples are gathered, and Jesus says, In this manner, verse 9, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Father, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. Many people call this the Lord's Prayer. It would be better termed. The disciples prayer. It would be better termed the model prayer. This isn't the Lord's prayer. I go one step further. This cannot be the Lord's prayer. What makes you say that Rodney? Well, did you notice in your Bibles in verse 12? Notice it says, forgive us our debtors. Forgive our debts And forgive our debtors. This cannot be the Lord's prayer because the Lord does not need to pray for forgiveness. He is sinlessly perfect. He never sinned. So this is not his prayer. If you are interested to read the Lord's prayer, you might want to fast forward, not now, but later. Fast forward to John chapter 17. And there you will find the Lord's prayer. This is better termed the model prayer, not the Lord's prayer, the model prayer. This prayer is also recorded in Luke chapter 11. It reads this, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, 
that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so he, Jesus, said to them, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and following. Now here in Luke chapter 11, Jesus gave them this model prayer in response to them seeing him pray. When they saw him pray, the the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. But now here in Matthew chapter 6, we have the same prayer, but a different scenario, a different scene. Now, remember, I told you we're going to take an in-depth look at these really pretty quickly here this morning. But I want to kind of do it, you know, pull apart this Lord's Prayer, this model prayer. I want to give you eight key elements. If you got a pen, I want you to write these down. Eight key elements of this prayer that I think are very important of this disciples prayer or this model prayer. Number one, his person, his person. Number two, his place. Number three, his preeminence. And we're going to get through all these this morning. You'll have a chance to write them all down. I'm going real fast. His person, his place, his preeminence, the prayer, number four, his provision, number five, his pardon, number six, his protection, number seven. And last but certainly not least, this explosion of praise, his power, his person, his place, his preeminence, the prayer, the provision, his pardon, his protection and his power. Now, before we look at those. If you take a just a general, a 30-second look at this prayer, you would see, if you were to count the words, there are 65 words in this model prayer. 65 words. Now, what does that tell us? The, as a matter of fact, as you search the scriptures and you look through the gospels, you can see that Jesus' prayers, unlike our prayers, are really pretty short. Jesus doesn't pray really long prayers. This prayer is 65 words long. Jesus' prayers are precise and concise. And that tells us what? The strength of prayer has nothing to do with the length of prayer. The strength of prayer has nothing to do with the length of prayer. See, we think that if we pray long and we pray hard, and if we possibly sweat great drops of blood, that that God will hear us. When in reality, when you look through the scriptures, this prayer is 65 words long. If you read it, it would take you approximately 30 seconds to read it. And Jesus' prayers are short. I like that. And you know, I'm a short prayer. Especially when it comes to eating. Tell you, if I've ever eaten with you, you know. Okay? You know, Pastor Rodney, y'all so sweet. Y'all all all so sweet. When I come over your homes and, Pastor Rodney, would you be so gracious to bless the food and bless our home? Sure. I'd love to pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. Give me a plate. (laughs) I thought you were the pastor. Aren't you supposed to, like, pray long prayers? I'm, no, I don't pray long prayers, especially when it comes to eating. Because I got to have hot food, okay? I can't be praying. You know, people, you know what I'm saying. That's why you're laughing. We, I mean, we get in prayer meetings and we get holding hands and stuff and we're praying around the food. The food's getting cold and you're blessing the curtains. <laughs> this is not good. 
You're blessing the curtain. Oh, Father, bless the curtains and the tables and the chairs and thank you for this floor. It's like, come on. The food's getting cold. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, somebody say, Pastor, would you say grace? Grace, give me a plate. All right, now, if you agree with that, clap your hands. All right, I want to know that you're with me. All right, thank you. So when I come to your house, don't be, don't be shy. The strength of prayer has nothing to do with the length of prayer. The strength of prayer comes out of a, here it is, humble heart. God, remember last week we talked about it. Peter walking on the water about to sink. You're talking about a short prayer. How's this? Help! <laughs> One word. The Lord helped him. So you don't need all this. Oh, my goodness. Pick up the tape from last week if you weren't here. No. No, this prayer is concise, it's precise, it's complete. It covers the whole scope of our need and his worthiness. Number one, notice his person. Now, this is awesome. Look at verse nine. His person, our father. Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our father, his person. Now, you got to understand something. When Jesus told his disciples to pray our father, these words were shocking to them and shocking to any Jewish person at all who would ever hear this. Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, in this manner, this is how you start your prayer. Our Father. When he said that, I'm sure he probably lost the disciples right there. Lost them. They're, pff, what? Wait, uh, 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 hold it. Does not compute. Hold it. Wait a minute. You, you want us to call him Father? Oh, well, I, I don't know if we can do that, Lord. I mean, after all, every good Jew knows that you never, absolutely never, no, not ever, do you approach God and speak his name even from your lips. And you most certainly never call him father. Jewish people never called him father. In the Old Testament, they called him many names. They called him God, Elohim, which means the mighty strong God. El Shaddai. The mighty God. They called him Yahweh. Adonai. Praise Adonai. The Lord. But you never called him Father. Never. As a matter of fact, when they were reading their Bible, they would be reading through the scriptures. And whenever they came across the name of God, because they they felt his name was so holy, his name was so holy that it should never part through the lips of sinful man. Never. So when they read the name of God, They would come to his name. They would bow their heads and say Hashem, which means the name. But never, ever, no, not ever, do you ever call God Father. So when Jesus said, when you pray, say our Father, they were like, whoa. That's deep. That's heavy. Father. Father? Yeah. Abba. That's the word. Abba. Papa, it means. Daddy. It just kind of gives you the flavor of a a little kid who just kind of runs up to Papa and and Daddy, Abba, Abba, and it just jumps into Daddy's lap. If you travel to Israel today in the old city, you see all these little kids and they're running behind their mommies and they're saying, Ima, Ima, which means mommy, mommy, and little Children running behind their fathers. Abba, Abba. 
which means father, father, father. I'm father, this is radical for them to call God father. And so God is simply saying to them, get this. He's simply saying, this is what I want from you. This is, you want to learn to pray? Here it is. Here's prayer 101, okay? Prayer 101. Call God Father. What does that speak of? It speaks of relationship. It speaks of relationship. And it speaks of intimacy. Which are two very foreign things to the Jewish people. And quite honestly, two very foreign things to people today. Relationship. In other words, God, Jesus is saying, listen, God is not way out there. You know, people have this, you know, God is way out there. And, and when they pray, you can hear it. Some people, they have like this 1-800 relationship with God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.